Over the weekend, the Louisville Cardinals received a commitment from one of their top priorities in the 2024 class. On today's episode of the Locked On Louisville podcast, we discuss four-star wide receiver JoJo Stone committing to the Cardinals program, the first quarter dominance from the team this season, and the depth stepping up in huge ways over the past couple of weeks. So with that being said, let's get right on into the show. You are Locked On Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome into another episode of the Locked On Louisville Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Pence. Today's episode brought to you by LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free, post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. Terms and conditions apply. As always, I want to personally thank you all for making us your first listen of the day. Just a reminder that the Locked On Global Podcast is free on all streaming services, including YouTube, five days a week, your team, every day. A lot of football talk on today's episode of the show. We begin by discussing the Cardinals receiving a new 2024 commitment from four-star wide receiver JoJo Stone. We'll talk about how significant that is for Jeff Brom's program. We'll also talk about and explain why the dominance in the first quarter for Louisville has been one of the main reasons why this team is currently sitting at 8-1. and one. And then to conclude the show, we'll talk about the depth stepping up in huge ways, especially against Virginia Tech as the team has battled multiple injuries on both sides of the football. So something we really haven't talked about um in quite some time is 2024 recruiting. Louisville got a handful of commitments in the springtime. Um, there were 14 commitments seemingly heading into the summer. A lot of these commitments were in April. Um, you had a couple back in 2022, actually just one in 2022. Uh, but from April to July is when the majority of these players in the Flyville 24 class committed to the program. And it's been sort of quiet since. There's been a lot of radio silence. And it's led some people to believe or start to question, I should say, well, what is Jeff Brom and company doing? I mean, are they actively recruiting? We see what they're doing in the 2025 class. Multiple 2025 standouts have been on campus this fall. And <clears throat> I will answer that by saying this. Jeff Brom and company have completely committed to utilizing the transfer portal to their advantage. And we've seen that this season, right? And that's going to continue throughout each and every recruiting class because that's sort of the state of college football recruiting now is, you know, there's the mindset of why go out and get a high school recruit to commit to your program and risk them not being um, ready to contribute right away. And if they do get to a point to where they can contribute in their college career, there's no guarantee that they're going to finish their career at your program with the one-time transfer rule when you could instead go to the portal, get a player that has produced at the collegiate level <clears throat> throughout his career. And, you know, there's not a lot of risk of transferring elsewhere. And the only risk really there is going to the NFL, but you then get a player that can slide right into the roster and play right away and play at a high level. Now, that's not to say that Brom is completely going to turn away from high school recruiting. I don't necessarily think that's the case. And we see that with the news that came this past weekend. <clears throat> 
But I think that there's going to be more of an emphasis on the portal with each season. Um, you're going to see smaller high school recruiting classes in numbers. And that's essentially what we're seeing now. What we saw last year as well is that what was going to have um, a good amount of spots to fill, but they're only going to take a select amount of high school recruits. But JoJo Stone was always going to be a player that would have a spot at Louisville. Um, the four-star receiver is one of the best receivers in the country. Now, granted, his uh, recruiting ranking varies depending on which site you go to. Like if you go to Rivals, he is a top 10 player um, at the position. And if you go to on three, he's just outside of the top 100. So there's a lot of deviation in the ranking, um, but he's a unanimous four-star level player at this point. Um, Mid four-star level guy on 24-7 sports, high four-star guy on ESPN, um, on three as well. He's a four-star player, but committed to LSU a couple of years ago. And even when he did commit to the Tigers program, there were many fans on both sides that didn't necessarily think that this commitment would stick. Um, according to a handful of people uh, down in Baton Rouge, this decommitment uh, from Stone didn't really come as a surprise to the program. And to Louisville fans, it was to be expected that the Cardinals were going to recruit Stone up until the very end of his, uh, the to the end of his commitment, um, up until he signed on the National Letter of Intent. Um, but there was still hope. I mean, there were multiple times where he visited campus. He wore Cardinals accessories like jewelry. Um, there's the famous Louisville chain that he's worn um, on social media. And it sparked a lot of conversation from Louisville fans that believed, hey, look, Louisville still has a chance, even if he's committed to LSU, because players do flip their commitments. Um, I say pretty often in college football in, in today's world. So, um, you know, Joseph Stone Jr. was always a player that I think if you asked who was one of the top priorities in the class, regardless of position for the Cardinals, you would say JoJo. He was going to be a player that definitely was being focused on. Um, looking at the recruiting class right now, there's only 15 commits. Um, there's uh, 15 uh, overall commitments um, ranked 50 overall. So don't necessarily pay too much attention to the ranking I know that um, you'll. it's not necessarily a class that probably raises a ton of encouragement like last year's class did due to star power, but there's multiple players in this class that are ranked at least a four-star on one recruiting site. So um, I wouldn't necessarily get too um, concerned with this recruiting class. I actually am very... Um, encouraged by what Louisville has in this group because I think that there are multiple guys that can step in right away and compete for playing time. JoJo Stone being one of them. He is one of the two wide receiver commits in this class along with uh, Sean Boykins, um, the star from North Harden High School. JoJo has um, transferred high schools. He now plays for Langston Hughes. The main thing for me when it comes to what he's going to be able to do at the next level. The talent is undeniable. You watch the film, and he is absolutely electric with the ball in his hands. He's a solid route runner, but he's one of those players that whenever he touches the ball, 
it seems like he can definitely make a house call. So um, he's a guy that you have to make sure that you tackle immediately. If you don't and you allow him to get any amount of space, he definitely can turn it into big yardage plays. Um, definitely great at creating separation on his routes. Elusiveness, agility creates that um, that ability to shed tackles, to make players miss, and he is a threat all over the field. He can obviously catch the ball on short route situations, screen passes, slants over the middle, and take it to the distance. Um, a player that can catch balls over the middle. He's a guy that can run the deep routes, solid route tree. The main thing with JoJo is the availability and the health. He has dealt with the injury bug over um, a good amount of his high school of his high school career, and that's something you never like to see, um, especially when a player is in high school. Is you know seeing that there is a recurring issue with injuries. Now, granted, I'm not going to say that that is something that's going to carry over into the college level, but it does at least raise a little bit con- of concern. And you do um, have a little bit of curiosity as to whether or not, you know, he's going to be able to have that durability in college. I'm going to obviously give him the benefit of the doubt. And hopefully it's something to where the injuries were what they were. They're not going to be um, issues moving forward. But nothing can really deny that he is an extremely, extremely talented player that Louisville has really recruited uh, pretty significantly this offseason into last year whenever Jeff Brom took over. And I think that it just goes to show you how it, how attractive this offensive scheme is to play for. Jeff Brom is obviously known for having a great passing game and can get multiple players involved, um, can really develop wide receivers as well. It's a fun offense to watch. It's a fun offense to play in. So I look at this as a, a possible destination level spot for skill level guys that want to go and potentially play early. You know, when you go to a top tier blue blood program, there's always the possibility that you're going to sit at least one year, maybe two, maybe even three before you see the field significantly because of the guys that are playing ahead of you. And that's no disrespect toward what Louisville does. It, I think that one thing Louisville prides the program in what the program prides itself in is having the opportunity for um, highly rated players to come in and potentially play right away. So that's something to look forward to as JoJo makes his way onto campus is how early will he play? That is the main question, but extremely talented. Glad he's a part of this class, and I'm excited to see how recruiting goes for this program moving into the offseason. But it's not the end of the season yet. We've still got three weeks to go. Louisville currently sitting at 8-1. and one. And when I look back as to how this program or how this team specifically got to where it is now, one of the main reasons for that is the first quarter dominance. And we're going to explain that a little bit further um, after we take this time to tell you about our friends over at Athletic Brewing Company. The first quarter has been the difference maker and the game changer for the Cardinals this season. But in the non-alcoholic brewing game, alcoholic or athletic brewing has completely changed that game. Um, it makes great tasting and award-winning non-alcoholic brews, brewing over 50 styles of craft non-alcoholic beer, including IPAs, Goldens, Sours, and more. 
They're constantly releasing limited edition experimental styles to add to their variety. The main thing for me with that athletic brewing is the versatility. They're fit for all time. So if you want to watch the big game uh, this week against Virginia, you want to tackle work um, while being able to let loose a little. Or if you want to work out, Athletic Brewing Company has got you covered. There's no hangovers involved either. You can find Athletic Brewing Company's non-alcoholic brews at a store near you or buy online at athleticbrewing.com. First-time customers can use the code Locked On to get 15% off your first online order. That's code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N at checkout for 15% off at athleticbrewing.com. Exclusions and conditions apply. Athletic Brewing Company fit for all times. Hey, Cardinal fans, it is a short week for the Louisville Cardinals this season. Uh, They have a Thursday night kickoff against Virginia, but make no mistake about it, the next day, the Locked On College Football Kickoff Live will be back as Locked On goes live every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time on every Locked On College YouTube channel. College Football Kickoff Live will cover playoff implications, the conference rivalry games, while also going in-depth like only Locked On can, including insight and analysis from our stable of Locked On College hosts covering their team every day. Find Locked On College Football Kickoff Live every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time on any Locked On College YouTube channel. You won't want to miss it, so be sure to stay tuned. Right before the break, we talked about this team being at 8-1, and one, the highest AP ranking right now at number 11 since 2016, Lamar Jackson's Heisman season. Louisville looking to get closer and closer to securing the bid to make it to the ACC championship game. Um, they have put themselves in a great situation. ESPN has them at a almost 90% chance to make the ACC championship game in Charlotte in the first weekend of December. But looking back, and we talk about how this team got to where they are. And it seems like every game, it's something different. And that's the beauty of um, college football overall. And that's the beauty of having a ton of depth on the team is that it feels like there's a different reason for a different victory all throughout the season. Some games it has been the um, ability to overcome adversity at the end of games. Other games, it's the ability to run the football really well and then spread the football around, passing the ball, defense uh, dominating. What we talked about on uh, the last episode of the show, the defense stepping up big time. The One of the main reasons that is becoming a recurring theme and I really think that it's true. You can't argue the facts. You can't argue the numbers. The numbers say, and shout out to Mark Blankenbaker for pointing this out on Twitter, Louisville is outscoring its opponents 69-7 to in the first quarter this season. And when you look at how Louisville is winning these games, I think that that's one of the main reasons why they've been so successful because there have been multiple games this season to where the Cardinals have started out really well. And in the second half, maybe the offense uh, stalls out a little bit, but more often than not, it feels like when that happens, Louisville's already up by multiple touchdowns, by double-digit possessions. So it's really just trying to run the clock out and manage the game to where you don't um, let the team get back into the contest. 
there's been multiple games, specifically the past two games following the bye week. Duke, the Cardinals led um, by double digits heading into halftime of that game. Obviously, Duke didn't score a single point, but Louisville was up 17-0, 14-0 at the end of the first quarter. And this is a Duke team that um, had some questions at quarterback due to the health and availability of Riley Leonard, a great defense, but the Cardinals still started out strong. And this is both a testament to how well the offense has been doing and how great the defense has been as well. Because if you look over the past couple of seasons, what has been one of the main issues? Think about it. It's been the first quarter. Louisville it's, has seemingly done a complete 180 of the past coaching staff because one of the main characteristics of a Scott Satterfield-led team was that they always started out seemingly pretty slow on both sides of the football. Teams would score early. Louisville would take some time to get going, but Louisville would eventually get themselves back into the game. And I think sometimes that spelled disaster more often than not when you go back and you really look at it. But the other way around is seemingly how Jeff Brom's team has been conducting business this season. And that's been great because you're starting out quick on offense. You're setting the tone at the line of scrimmage. You're getting that momentum. You're getting the fans into the game. You're getting the crowd to where they are a factor in the game. But not only that, are you scoring points? You're also defending at a high level because as Louisville has scored 69 points, in the first um, quarter of the games this season. They've also, they're allowing less than one point per game to the opposition. So that's just something that I look at, and it's absolutely incredible. They're averaging almost a touchdown every first quarter, and it seems like it's getting um, more potent for this team as the season goes along. And it just goes to show you that the preparation is there, that this team is obviously hyped coming into this game. And speaking as a Louisville fan, I can speak for the fan base when I say that the juice, the um, the momentum is 100% welcomed. It is nice to see this team come out and not play flat and be able to take it to a team early on. That's something that you really focus on. Look at Virginia Tech. You opened up this game with a 7-0 lead, and although 7-0 is not that I wouldn't say as earth-shattering, but it still beats the alternative, and you had a lead, and you allowed zero points in the first quarter. Your defense set the tone. That is key for me. Um, same thing with the Notre Dame game. Now, granted, Louisville won that game in the second half against the Fighting Irish. They still started out the game, and they set the tone. I like this version of the Louisville Cardinals to where they don't wait for the other team to strike first to say, okay, Let's now get involved and, and let's, you know, bounce back and, and make this a game. I like when the team has been setting the tone and saying, okay, if you want to win this game, you're going to have to go blow for blow with us because, you know, we're not wasting any time trying to win this football game. You know, we have a conference championship to chase. We have a potential college football playoff to chase if things were to go their way. Um, but overall, I think that this is the main statistic that I look at, and it seems like it has been the case every single season. And that's been 100% key for this team all throughout the season, and I'm extremely grateful for it. Um, the Cardinals, when you look at who they have given up 
those points too. It really only came in that game against Pittsburgh, and really nothing could go right for Lowell in that matchup against the Panthers. That's sort of the the throwaway game of the season, if you will, and the only time that Lowell has allowed a first-quarter point. Not a touchdown, a point in the first quarter. So that's one of the main things for me. Another reason that you could say is the depth stepping up. It's been something that has happened all season as when MJ Griffin went down, the safety position stepped up. Um, you know, when Renato Brown went down with injury, uh, the offensive line stepped up. But Saturday against Virginia Tech, the Cardinals were dealing with the injury bug pretty significantly, but they got through it and players stepped up. We'll talk about that here momentarily after we talk about our friends and the title sponsor of the show, LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. That's why you want to be 100% certain you have access to the best qualified candidates available. Check out LinkedIn Jobs. It helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. Add your job to your profile with the purple hashtag hiring frame to spread the word. You get simple tools like screening questions that make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience that you're looking for because creating that right and positive impact for your business is extremely measurable. And it's why the small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash college. That's LinkedIn.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. I won't lie to you guys. I was um, a little bit worried um, this weekend or this past weekend when I found out that Jamari Thrash and Jarvis Brownlee were both going to be unavailable for the Cardinals. Uh, Jawar Jordan was once again going to be a game-time decision. Multiple players on the offensive line were going to be game-time decisions. Granted, Jordan and the offensive linemen played. Um, But still, when you have multiple key players out, I know that injuries are a common occurrence this time of the year for college football. Louisville's depth was something that has been a talking point all offseason, all season, and it was put to the test to the full max this past week, and the depth rose to the occasion. Um, Isaac Garendo, Jaden Thompson, Chris Bell, Storm Duck, multiple players you can talk about rose to the occasion for Louisville this past week. Obviously, we talked about Isaac Garendo's career day yesterday. Now, Jawar Jordan played, but... 14 carries for 57 yards and a touchdown. You could tell that Jeff Brown was extremely comfortable uh, calling Garendo's number to be the main back for Louisville, and he rose to the occasion and had the best game of his career, found the end zone three times, went over the century mark. Um, but with, Jawar, uh, with Jamari Thrash out, um, he has been dealing with a hand issue that he suffered against Pittsburgh, uh, or I'm sorry, before Pittsburgh, um, and you know, Louisville only threw the ball 13 times in the game against um, Virginia Tech. But you had players step up and make some big-time plays. Jaden Thompson notably had the 37-yard touchdown in the second half to where he broke a couple tackles and found the end zone. And that was a key uh, play that pushed this game out of the reach of the Hokies. Uh, Chris Bell on that first possession had a big time catch that extended the drive that ultimately led to the end where Jawar Jordan found the end zone. And that play doesn't get talked about a lot, but that's one of the instances that it sort of, you know, accumulates and helps this team win games. Chris Bell fighting for yards after the catch. He had three for 43. Uh, 
multiple players caught passes. Kevin Coleman, Nate Kariski, Jimmy Callaway, Jawar Jordan, Maurice Turner. Um, multiple players caught passes for this team. And uh, they weren't really tested all that much. So Jamari Thrash's absence didn't necessarily prove to be too detrimental. But it was one of those instances to where players had to step up. And they did just that. And Jaden Thompson made some plays. Uh, Chris Bell made some plays. So that just goes to show you that the depth was put on display and the team rose to the occasion. And then you look at the um, the defensive secondary where Jarvis Brownlee also had um, an injury that he's been dealing with, had a foot injury, um, seemed like he re-injured it against Duke, exited the game. And uh, Storm Duck was the player that had to rise to the occasion in the secondary for the Cardinals. And he had a pretty solid game for um, Ron English's defense. Um, statistically speaking, I mean, when it comes to defensive backs, I don't necessarily put too much of an emphasis on statistics because they do more than what is shown on the box score. Um, but he had a very, very solid game. He led the team in tackles with seven. He had a pass breakup. Four of the tackles were solos, had a half of a tackle for loss. Um, the transfer from North Carolina has had some big-time plays this season for your Cardinals. Um, but like the safety position when MJ Griffin went down and Cam Kelly and Devin Neal had to step up, Storm Duck stepped up when the team needed him the most. Um, now the pass rush played a huge factor in that as well, but Storm Duck rose to the occasion along with guys like Quincy Riley and other players, um, that helped out in the absence of two of the key leaders for this team on both, uh, ends of the football. And then the offensive line, Renato Brown out for the year. You had, uh, Brian Hudson who hasn't practiced in almost a month, but has played each and every game, toughing it out. Uh, with an injury, um, another player that's been injured. I think it. Um, I think, yeah, it was one other player on the offensive line. But you have guys like uh, Josh Black, Austin Collins, that John Paul Flores, players that rose up to the occasion and um, have been very solid. Only allowed one sack to a Virginia Tech team that led the conference in getting after the quarterback and recording sacks. So the depth stepping up, the first quarter dominance, two keys as to why this team is currently 8-1. and one. But it's a short week. Tomorrow's episode of the show, we begin previewing the upcoming matchup against the Virginia Cavaliers Thursday night kickoff at LNN Cardinal Stadium. We'll discuss that matchup uh, up until game time on Thursday. But that's going to wrap up today's episode of the show. To find the episode and all of the episodes of the Locked On Global Podcast, where it's free and available wherever you get your shows, be sure to stay tuned to this graphic.